finally, through intervention of foreign governments and, and, and others, they came to tell the Rebbe that he was being released. Welcome to the Ideas That Change the World podcast with Rabbi Manus Friedman, where we make sure your life will be changed for the better, one idea at a time. Rabbi Friedman is the number one voice of clarity on moral and social issues. So what are we waiting for? Let's go change the world. Finally, through intervention of foreign governments and, and, and others, they came to tell the Rebbe that he was being released. Now, the, the, um, the rules in the prison were that any message being delivered from the headquarters or from the office had to be received standing up out of respect. So they came into the Rebbe's cell and they said, stand up, we have a message for you. He said, I'm not going to stand up. They said, we'll beat you. He said, do what you have to do. And so they beat him until he was unconscious. They came back and again said, stand up, we have a message for you. He refused. They said, we're going to beat you. He said, nope. So they beat him again. And when they came back the third time, the Jewish official who had arrested him was with them. And he said, uh, the guard said, stand up, we have a message for you. And the Rebbe didn't answer. So the Jewish communist said, Rebbe, they have good news to tell you. So the Rebbe said, good news I can certainly hear sitting down. They didn't know what to do. So they finally came up with a brilliant idea. They asked the Rebbe to come to the office. So the Rebbe followed them to the office, and there in the office, they told the Rebbe that he was being released. In fact, there was a moment when they had walked away from the desk, and the Rebbe took a glance at his file. And he noticed that the, the first ruling, the first... Uh, sentence that had been written on the paper had been wiped out <clears throat> or whited out, completely um, illegible. And what it said was death sentence. It was wiped out, it was, it was whited out, and under it was written 10 years labor camp. And that was crossed out with a line through the words. And under that it said three years exile to Kastrama. So they told him that he was being released and that he would be sent to this little village of Kastrama as an exile for three years. The Rebbe asked when the train would arrive in Kastrama and they said in two days, which would be Shabbos. So the Rebbe said, I'm not going. They said, well, you can't stay in a prison. Once you've been released and you're not a prisoner anymore, you can't stay in the prison. The Rebbe said, I'm not going. And they had to give in on that too. And they allowed him to stay until Sunday. Word got out that the Rebbe was being released. 
And when he went to the train station in Petersburg to, uh, to leave for Kastrama, more than 300 Hasidim had gathered to see him off. And from the back of the train, <clears throat> the Rebbe spoke to the Hasidim and he said, we have to say out loud and, uh, and boldly to all the nations of the world that only our bodies are in exile. Our souls never went into exile. And there is no jurisdiction that anyone has over the Jewish soul. He arrived in Kastrama, and a few days later he was told that even that had been canceled and he was free to go home. And that was the 12th day of Tammuz. The Rebbe, in speaking about his father-in-law and relating all these stories, pointed out the fact that when this Jewish communist came to tell the Rebbe that he was being released and the Rebbe refused to stand up, the Jewish communist referred to him as a Rebbe, which was really not allowed under the Soviet code. There were no titles. Everyone was comrade. Everyone was equal. And yet here, this avowed communist spontaneously referred to the Rebbe as Rebbe, which means that the, the victory, the Rebbe's victory, was not only a physical one, it's not only that he gained physical freedom, but it, that he had, in fact, persevered and that he had uh, succeeded in convincing even this die-hard communist that Judaism will continue and that Torah and mitzvahs and Rebbe are here for keeps and that communism will disappear long before Judaism does. In fact, in a very uh, poignant moment, the Rebbe's father, his father-in-law, of course, was, was uh, suffered for Yiddishkeit, but his father, who lived in the Ukraine, also was arrested by the communists, and he was exiled and died in exile. And the main reason for his imprisonment was not because, not so much because he practiced Judaism, and not even because he taught Judaism to adults who were already indoctrinated and hopeless, but because he taught Judaism to children. He kept the uh, schools going in which children were taught the Torah. And for that, he was arrested. On his father's yard site, the Rebbe would, would speak in public, would have a fabrengen. This is the 20th day of Av. And uh, there was one time when a, a busloads of kids came in from the Catskills, from the camps that they were attending. They came in to be at the fabrengen. And in the middle of the fabrengen, uh, the Rebbe asked them to repeat by heart the verses that they had studied and had memorized. And uh, one after another, the kids got up and they loudly uh, reviewed the, the uh, verses that they had memorized. And the Rebbe was speaking at that time about the communists arresting his father because he was teaching children Torah. And the contrast was so powerful. The communists 
a world power, possibly the second most powerful country in the world at that time, had made its best effort, concentrated effort, at preventing Jewish children from studying Torah. And they arrested the Rebbe's father because he continued to teach children Torah. Now, logically, conventionally, who was going to win? Who was going to come out at the top in the end? A few helpless Jews or the second most powerful country in the world? They were determined to stop the education of Jewish children in Torah. And to do that, they arrested the Rebbe's father. Now, this man who they arrested, his son is sitting in Brooklyn. Jewish children are proudly, loudly proclaiming verses of Torah that they had memorized by heart. And communism is gone. By taking that attitude, which has become pretty common among uh, refuseniks, by taking the attitude that evil is false, false is untrue, untrue is unreal, and therefore no reaction, no response, no respect, no awe for these, for these people or for their philosophy. That eventually undermined the entire communist uh, philosophy and, and, and brought an end to it destroyed it from the inside. So the story of the previous Rebbe, um, as he describes it in his diary, in such human terms, um, where what he remembered, what he was thinking when he went into this room or that room, uh, the strength that he drew from what his father had taught him, what his father had, had uh, said on various occasions, it's such an intimate glimpse into the inner workings of a Rebbe's mind under circumstances that were superhuman that uh, reading that story with all, of course, I'm, I'm, just, I'm just touching on the highlights, but reading that story with all of its details is a very illuminating and very educational uh, piece of, of Torah and that the Rebbe made that diary or that part of his diary available was a big blessing and a big gift to all of us. The previous Rebbe was a veteran of prisons in Russia. He was actually arrested five different times. And the first time was when he was a little boy. And he was walking down the street and he saw a Russian policeman harassing an elderly Jew, accusing him of having stolen a calf. And without thinking, this little boy, the Rebbe, jumped on the, uh, on, the, on the policeman, trying to distract him from beating up on this elderly Jew. Because the policeman threw the boy into jail. Sitting in jail, in a dark room, very frightened, he suddenly heard strange noises coming from the other side of the cell, a moaning or groaning that frightened him terribly. 
and he decided that he would stay calm by reviewing the, mish the Mishnahs that he had memorized by heart. And so he sat there reviewing the Mishnahs until he realized what that sound was. It was a calf. And he struck a match and saw that indeed there was a calf tied up in the corner of the, of the cell. Turns out that the policeman had stolen the calf, was hiding it in the jail, in the cell, and was accusing this elderly man of having stolen the calf that he, in fact, had stolen. 